Hey everyone, I'm Allie, and you are listening to the Diabolical Cyber Podcast. Okay, um, today what we're going to go over besides looking at my awesome, awesome LED tiara mm-hmm, is I wanted to do a quick follow-up to my beta episode and explain um, what I finally decided to do related to mobile OPSEC in preparation for Hacker Summer Camp, aka Hacker Palooza, aka Besides Black Hat Defcon AL that is happening in Las Vegas. So um, before we get started, I'd want to quick let folks know where I'm coming from. Um, the last time that I went to this event, um, there was actually I remember I was on a, a an Android phone and it was the year the first year that we knew that folks were flying drones uh, around the event in order to try and uh, potentially uh, act as rogue uh, carrier uh, access points. So rogue cell towers, basically, flying around. So that uh, stressed me out a little bit, I guess you could say. So uh, that is what I remembered when I was thinking about uh, how I was going to protect my mobile phone and therefore my personal data in going to the hacker events this year. So for context, though, uh, it is, although there are folks who we know will be up to hijinks in Las Vegas, it's probably no worse of a network situation than you would find in a hotel, in a, an airport, or at the local coffee shop, because anyone can uh, at any time set up passive technology in order to try and uh, hijack Wi-Fi connections or act as a rogue uh, carrier. In fact, probably uh, those folks would be more successful in those more sort of everyday situations than they would be at a hacker conference where there's gonna be a lot of paranoia. On the other hand, if you get your Wi-Fi uh, connection hijacked at the local library, you are far less likely to be publicly shamed by your peers. Um, and uh, I think that a lot of us just forget that these dangers live in uh, plain sight. And so actually it can be a little fun to be paranoid and it can be fun to prepare for these situations where you know you're gonna be taking your technology into an adversarial network because it forces you to act as an average user would and sort of update your risk model and update your behavior and your own personal protections on your, on your uh, technology. So let me share with you where we got to. The first thing that I mentioned is that I was going to get Faraday pouches. And indeed I did, I got Faraday pouches. Thank you, Amazon Prime. So here's the first one and let's open it up real quick. 
and see what we've got here. Uh, for those of you who are listening to this and not watching it live, I'm doing something really exciting, which is opening the equivalent of a Ziploc bag. And I have this little pouch that is about the size of a wallet and, oh, that's Velcro. And if this is actually what it says, it would be this, um, this particular coating and material used in the construction of said pouch uh, would be something where I can put my digital devices in here and it basically creates a dead zone around them so that they cannot be uh, sniffed or found or tracked because they basically will not be able to be detected or added to a network. Okay, so there's this. And this is fine. I can put this wherever I want. I can pack it and it's no big whoop. So then I also, since I was going and trying to get paranoid um, pouches and such, I found this lovely sort of pseudo, not quite messenger bag. It's kind of like a, a, a gender neutral purse. I'm just going to describe it that way. And uh, for those of you who are listening, this is sort of like half the size of a messenger bag. So you might be able to get uh, a decent sized tablet in here and it's got some zippers and pouches and it's totally fine and neutral, uh, not very exciting bag. Uh, and those you can use to just sort of haul things around and they don't need to be online when they are just being toted around. Things really only need to be online when you're using them. I also mentioned that I was interested in getting a burner SIM and a burner phone. And while I, I did, I did, but let me tell you about how I feel about that. So first of all, I did get a prepaid SIM and this is very cool. So I have it seven days of unlimited talk and text and 500 megabytes of uh, 4G LTE data, which is handy, uh, I guess. Uh, but in thinking about it, I think probably if one was going to go online, I think uh, going, going online on a carrier network is still gonna be safer than uh, going on a Wi-Fi. So while this is very this is useful, I guess. The idea that uh, folks would be breaking, trying to break the carrier connection with me and hijack that connection is probably of a lesser concern as long as I'm staying on uh, one of the more modern networks and only using it as needed. So uh, the GSM hacking, that was a big thing a few years ago. I'm not sure that that's a huge thing now. And so I have the SIM and I can use it, but I haven't quite decided if I'm going to because it's really more about your uh, device. Why? Because most of your apps are not running off of your SIM. Your apps are running off of your device. And so it is your device that is far more likely to be the target than, say, uh, your carrier uh, information. So... Here's the thing about burner phones. The thing about burner phones is uh, they're expensive in the sense that if you get a very cheap, low quality prepaid phone, then that's actually gonna be much harder to update and secure than more recent technology. So if you were to go and get a say 64-bit 
device, like a, this is a Nexus 5, but a Nexus 5X would probably be better, easier to set, sort of set up and secure. That's expensive. That's going to be your primary phone anyway. So if you're getting a burner phone, uh, it's kind of an expensive investment if you if you are getting one that that is going to be something that is defensible. Um, and if you are getting if you are getting a prepaid phone and you're just saying fine, whatever happens happens. What are you going to be using it for? Because the what what we're really trying to guard against here is having our personal information um, sucked up and used to take over our accounts and such, right? So I'm I'm not as concerned about someone reading the text messages that go back and forth during this event. I'm more worried about someone who would be able to get credentials to a sensitive account like a communications account um, that that I probably is something that is less likely that I'm just going to be using in order to chat with people about where and when they're going to be at the event, if that sort of makes sense. However, if I do use this phone, I'll need a SIM to go in it. I might as well use this prepaid SIM that I got. And what I would do to set this up as a burner phone is uh, set it up, turn it on, uh, load up the SIM, activate the SIM, make sure that's ready to go. And then I would make sure that this has all everything up to date. So the very latest version of the Android operating system, because this is an Android phone. And then, and then what I would do is I would only load a few apps, only the essential apps that I would need to stay online and, and feel, feel connected to whoever I needed to be connected to. Uh, and that is it. And every one of those apps for me would need to be encrypted because why not most of the most of the best communication apps are encrypted end to end so for me that means it would probably be uh on the google side it would be gmail and hangouts and then i would also load um let's see some some additional chat type apps where i know they're encrypted end to end and let's see what do I consider the most? You all have your favorite apps, of course. If you're on iOS, you look out that iMessage is already encrypted end to end. And if you are, go and make sure that your defaults are set up to require iMessage. If you um, are, are communicating between iPhones, if you are communicating iPhone to Android, then it's probably going to drop to SMS if you're using iMessage. Uh, so just know that that will probably not be encrypted. That would be interceptable. Okay, so I have WhatsApp and Wicker and Signal and those type of apps on here if I wanted to for, for the various folks who communicate me, with me in various ways. Those are encrypted. I'm not sure if Facebook is encrypted. I know that there's a version of Messenger that allows a Facebook Messenger that is encrypted end-to-end, -end, but I would actually need to look up whether Facebook is encrypted, and I'm also not entirely sure whether the Twitter app is encrypted. I could look that up while you're all hanging out here, but you can also Google that, and it will be fun. It'll be so fun for you to Google that. Okay, so now that we've figured out that we would, let's talk a little bit about kind of basic hygiene of phones, is whether you are on a burner or on your own device, 
there's some things that you are going to just want to make sure about. And let me talk about these in kind of um, least paranoid to most paranoid form. So the first one I mentioned it was related to the burner, but this is also important if you're on your personal phone. I mean, it's especially important if you're on your personal phone, which is to make sure that you are on the latest OS version. So then the, the next thing to do besides making sure that you're on the latest OS version is make sure all of the apps that you uh, would be using, and if it's on a burner, it's just a few apps maybe, but if you are taking your personal phone with you, why don't you just make sure all of your apps are updated? It's usually pretty easy. And then for me, because I make sure that I get updates as soon as possible, one thing that I need to do is I need to, I need to while I am at this event, um, turn automatic updates off. I don't want updates coming at me over the network um, when I'm not expecting them because who knows who's actually sending them. I mean, low chance, but again, we're, we're into paranoid mode. So make sure all of the, uh, make sure automatic updates are off. If you're on Android and you have auto updates set, set up, the way that you turn auto updates off is you go into Google Play app, and then the drop down in the upper left-hand corner it has uh, settings under settings. If you scroll down, if you scroll, actually, actually, it's the first option under general is that you can set it to uh, do not auto update apps. If you have that, um, you might want to do that. Then let's see. Uh, so I have had device encryption set up on all of my phones from around setup time. So that's just uh, something that's kind of a, a pro tip. Make sure you've got device encryption turned on if it's available. And now while you are at events, there's a whole bunch of things that you're going to want to turn off. So uh, Bluetooth, there's no reason for you to have Bluetooth or NFC or location services. Those, you don't really need any of those most of the time. You can go a few days without having your Fitbit auto, um, updated. You can wait till you get home to log all those steps. No worries there. And then you're gonna turn Wi-Fi off as long as you are uh, at an event. Make sure you don't jump onto any unknown Wi-Fi. Unless, and here's, this is sort of, you wanna figure out what you your risk appetite here is. Um, after all of that talk the other day about burner phones and burner sims and everything else, I did all the research and I'm still considering it. Maybe I would, maybe I will use this burner phone as a hotspot uh, for connecting another device, or maybe I just will use the mobile VPN software that I downloaded, which I hadn't even thought about. Uh, which is there's plenty of apps out there. You want to do a research, find a VPN provider that is trustworthy, but you can also load a VPN app. What that will do is it makes sure that whether you're connecting over Wi-Fi or you're connecting over a carrier network, all of your traffic is encrypted uh, between you and your network provider. So that reduces your risk factor considerably. So that is one of the things that I did. And then here's a couple other handy little things that I found that I thought were interesting. Again, um, 
they're sort of they're easy um but let's let's talk about them really quick so one of the things that i had recommended is that i go in and make sure that i set my network preferences on my phone so that the phone doesn't step down carrier protocols uh, that means that we want to make even if the closest most high quality carrier network connection is is something uh like a like i don't know i'm not great with carrier protocols gsm let's say which we know has there have been times when it has been compromised it won't step down to that i there's a way to at least in android i'm not sure of all of the options anymore on iphone since i smashed my iphone now i'm getting used to android is so let's see it is hash star hash star info star hash star hash i think and it gives you a menu and there's if you scroll down there's actually a little like pull down menu it will let you choose which network protocols which carrier protocols you want to hold fast to so that would help you your phone from automatically connecting due to quality reasons or just sort of the dynamic routing of of how it connects to the carrier it will it will not allow it to do that which is good because if someone was going to set up a rogue um, carrier uh, like carrier uh, spot then they are probably going to use one of these um, a compromised protocol right so that will help that so another suggestion that someone made is that they think and i didn't research this one so this is a your mileage may vary one but this is for folks who are you know playing paranoid this week and want to lock things down is that if you want to you could bind your phone to your carrier so if you have verizon or sprint or at&t you can make sure that your phone only uses your carrier um, connection points and so that is another thing where when you're traveling and even when you're running around your hometown sometimes um, the the carriers you're you're connecting to one connection point versus another and that decision is made based on quality your carriers have agreements so that they can provide you know you know they all have the best access anywhere it's because they're all actually sharing these termination points and so if you decide to bind to your carrier then you can be more sure that a random uh, cell tower is actually much more likely to be your carrier and therefore not in an adversarial uh, carrier tower let's say on a drone flying around the parking lot when you are trying to talk to someone about the security system that went off in your house not that i'm saying that happened to me i'm just saying theoretical possibility if you wanted to reduce the chances that that would happen or make yourself feel better about what might happen there's an option okay and then the let's see so that is i think that's it so sort of from easiest to hardest there's completely block out all signals by using something like a faraday bag and putting your phone on airplane mode meaning no network connections just using apps in offline mode when you are in sort of an adversarial network that's the easiest like locale solution 
low effort. Then the next step up is to only use your carrier network. Don't use Wi-Fi. Make sure Bluetooth is off. Make sure all, it's basically like uh, only having ports on your server open that are in use. If all you're doing is running a website, there's no reason to have um, SMTP open, right? So this is basically the same kind of thing on the phone. Only network services on your phone that are needed are the ones that are needed. And you probably don't need Wi-Fi, at least not in an adversarial network. And then I mentioned a few other things that you could do. Um, besides getting burner equipment is set up a mobile VPN and uh, do some sort of tricks and tips like binding to a carrier, binding to your carrier, um, making sure you're using apps that are end-to-end -end encrypted and also uh, making sure that your phone does not step down too far to um, the lower sort of technology carrier protocols, okay? I hope that I hope that helps. Uh, it's basically a risk reward trade off. It's kind of funny because in years past, there has been all this gloom and doom. Oh, no. Oh, no. Don't get on the wall of sheep. You don't want anyone to get you. And now and now it's the pendulum swung the other way. It's oh, come on. Why be so paranoid? Just turn off Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and you're fine. Uh, I don't know. I think it's worth it to take a few extra steps and I think it's worth it to, it's sort of timely to think about these things for this conference, but also because you are in airports and you are in coffee shops and when you travel internationally, maybe you depend more on Wi-Fi than you do if you are in the US and you roam around in the US. It's also interesting because as I kind of went through and tried to figure out what the right solution was for me, I thought about how hard this is to explain to um, folks who don't do this for a living, right? I'm, I don't, <laughs> I'm not a mobile telephony security expert. That is not my gig. My specialty is elsewhere, uh, but I have plenty of friends who look to me to help them configure their phones and uh and and when i go to an event like this they have a lot of questions for me about what i expect and what i expect are hijinks and so it is interesting to help them prepare for the adversarial network that exists at the coffee shop um, while i look into what the latest and greatest technology is uh, for waiting for me when I go to Vegas. So it is really great to see you all. Um, this is, again, this is <laughs> still a beta episode. I think I figured out most of the, um, uh, the, the technology associated with recording. Uh, you probably noticed that I do no edits. It's fairly obvious since I'm basically just rambling into the camera and mic. Uh, but this is just a follow-up to that first beta episode. I kind of felt like I should share with you what I learned and do that before I fly, which is very soon. Um, and it was, it's been great. It's been real. Uh, when we actually launch this podcast project thing, you'll be able to find us and ask questions in many places. So you may have found us on YouTube. You may be watching this, in which case, hi. Uh, otherwise, we're live on SoundCloud. 
as the Diabolical Cyber. We're on Twitter as Diabolical Cyber. And you can always email us. I love email. It's old fashioned, but it is still the best. And so we are the Diabolical Cyber at gmail.com. And if you have ideas for topics, we would love to hear them and or comments on things I got wrong. <laughs> if I got anything absolutely wrong, please tell me so that I can alert people to those corrections. Otherwise, everybody stay safe in the cybers, have fun, and I'll see you soon. Bye!